chapter 3. The singer is evidently frustrated with the way those who he had hope in or those who seemed principles suddenly change. He asks, Nimtazame nani? Nimwamini nani? At the end of the song, he lists some of these who have disappointed him. And he calls them vigeugeu or kigeugeu. These are what we call apostates. Bibi yangu, pastor wangu, mkunga, wanasiasa, rafiki, fundi. Ah, many of you are even laughing. Hey, yes, yes, yes. We've had those fundi problems. Eh? Dereva, conductor, they've told you, inafika apa. But you know your stage is like three, four kilometers the same. We show. Okay? Sindio, Father God, for these few moments we have with your word, speak to us. Speak to us in Jesus' name. I'm reading from the New International Version. Just track with me as I read on 2 Timothy chapter 3. Oh, and by the way, the reason why I played this song is so that it sticks in your head. You know, those songs that you hear in the morning and then they don't get out of your head. This one, I pray it will stick in your head so that you can relate what we have taught here. All right, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. They're the kind who warm their ways into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as Janes and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men oppose the truth. Men of depraved minds who, as, um, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear and, uh, to everyone. Um, Pastor Steve, if you can just reduce the trim over here. I'm having too much of a popping sound, okay? You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch? Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured there. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of, heaven, of, of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned. Let me repeat that. But as for you, verse 14, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures 
which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The introduction of this sermon series, I mentioned that Paul wrote this letter to Timothy and, uh, and Timothy was probably discouraged and contemplating giving up. <clears throat> the theme of this book, as we discussed when we started, was to endure, shikilia. Last week, we looked at the eight examples of vivid faces of pictures of what endurance should look like. And on week one, we pointed out five possible challenges that the youthful church leader was experiencing. Uh, one was the allure of wealth. The other was considering um, that because they were called Christians and followers of Jesus Christ and also people who were disciples of Paul, they were, they, were, they, were, um, they were viewed as being loony or in some ways even crazy. Number three, the, the life and temptation of a living of a single man. Paul was, I mean, Timothy was a single man. It was not said that at that point he was a, a family man, but he was a single person. The persecutions of Christians, number four, um, and, the, and that they were called the, the way, the sect, under the Roman government was increasing more and more. And lastly, the challenges that the young leader, Paul, uh, Paul had left in charge of the church in Ephesus, Timothy was experiencing a great exodus out of the church. This last challenge that Timothy was experiencing was of great concern to Paul. That he, he dedicated one entire chapter to this issue of apostasy. Uge uge. It was probably, or it probably was not, um, uh, was, was not just something that was great concern, but it was something that was totally discouraging Timothy. The young pastor was trying to do his level best to remain true to his calling. And as I said at the beginning of this series, and repeated it last week, this book, though it was written some time ago, millennia ago, it is relevant for us today. The same things that were happening then are clearly happening today. Keep in mind that there are over 2,000 years between that then and now. For Timothy, there was an apostasy. There was an apostasy happening, a repudiation of the faith. In other words, many were leaving the church. Many were leaving the faith. They were abandoning basic doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ and following something else. And they were doing this with their feet, even leaving the church. They were abandoning the truth. Now, Paul warns Timothy that he should expect this and even described their motives in verse 2. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They would be unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of God, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. He even wants Timothy have nothing to do with them. Timothy, 
like the artist Jaguar, may have sung this song then, today, Kigeogeo. It may have been in his head. It may have been in his head when he had these thoughts about some of his congregation who abandoned the church and who even more, 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 more disconcerting was abandoned the faith. I suggest to you that Kenyans in the church have also become vigeugeu. Many have chosen to believe something else other than the truth of the gospel. And I think it is right here in NCLA that some of us could be victims of this. And allow me to list three lies that we have chosen to believe over the truth of the gospel. Number one, equating being human with being sinful. A cultural anthropologist I know observed a, a very amusing trait about Kenyans. And I think this is, it, it travels through with Africans. Eh? It's not unusual when we are late, we blame what? Traffic. Okay? We blame inanimate objects, traffic, the matatu, the weather, etc. That's just being African. Can you, can you go, when somebody says they're late and it was traffic, can you go and ask traffic, why did you make? Because Freddy is the one who's been talked about a lot over here. Let's use Freddy as an example. Because Freddy is late, we blame, Fred said that me I was late to church because of traffic. Can you go and hold traffic accountable? Can you go and say, traffic, because you, you did this, you are responsible for that. We have seen this expressed in people who, who hold public office even, right? Uh, when something happens, they blame who? Cartels. They blame, they blame the press, the media, foreigners. Just to mention many other excuses, instead of taking responsibility for their actions or those in their employ, there is a figure of speech that we, we have. Uh, uh, when we error, when we fail uh, to meet the standards. And this is very clear. I hear it a lot. I'm only human. When a lie or a falsehood is told many times and repeated over and over and over, guys, this becomes the norm. In fact, it is assumed to be the truth. With political speak all over the world, things are spun. They are manipulated to fit a narrative that serves one purpose. <clears throat> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look at what has happened in the U.S. in the past six years. They are no longer an example of democracy and politics. I, I no longer follow that much now. You see, when God created man and woman, we read in Genesis chapter 2, that they were pure and innocent. Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 says, Adam and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. It is actually after they disobeyed God. After that, after they, they, they went and ate the apple of the, uh, sorry, not the apple, the forbidden fruit, that they became sinful and sin was passed on to subsequent generations. Guys, to be human is not to be sinful. I want to repeat that. 
To be human is not to be sinful. And Jesus proved this. Paul describes Jesus in Philippians chapter 2 and verse, um, uh, I think verse 6. said, Jesus, who being the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Something to be equated or to be taken advantage of. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So allow me to dispel, dispel this lie. This lie that we have chosen, even in this church, I believe some of us believe this. We have chosen to believe that I am only human is saying that you are sinful. I actually suggest to you that it is a cop-out. It is passing the buck. It's kicking the can down the street. It's even expressed when we bargain with God. We do not take responsibility for our sin, for our own errors. By accepting that our humanness is equal to sin, then we lower the standard and abdicate the responsibility we bear for our own sin to someone or something else. Let me give you another example. I've been in conversations where women say, what do you expect? He is a man. And that's when they're referring to male uh, sexual indiscretions. When that is not, I want to suggest to you, that is not really being male. Actually, quite the contrary. The standards of men is actually even higher. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 says, Husbands or men, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In the same way men, hus in the same way, men or husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does for the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. It is a lie to say that your humanness is also being sinful. Another way that this is expressed is if we, if we bargain with God, we bargain with God and we hear it, it in our prayers. If you listen to some of your prayers, people, you will say, Lord, I will never do this again. And because I have confessed, our prayers continue, so please answer my prayer this time. I'm guilty of that. You see, guys, it's not being human. It is just being plain sinful. Sin? Sin? If you have, a, if you just turn on your mobile phone and just have a look of a picture of a selfie, of it, that person you see there is a sinner. It is sin. And let us just call sin, sin. Many have abandoned this truth and have fallen for this lie. I'm only human. If you choose to believe this, then you change the gospel story completely. You see, then Jesus' death 
was for nothing. We choose to sin. It's not because we are human. We choose to sin. Our humanness has nothing got to do with this because Christ in his human form did not sin. He set the, high, the standards high. Just as he who called you is holy, 1 Peter 1.16 says, be holy. Romans 3.23 says, we fall short of the glory of God. And in fact, continues to say in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. And our response to sin, guys, is to repent and to receive God's salvation by grace, which is in the person and life of Jesus the Christ. Number two, another thing that we have chosen to believe in the church. Subscribe to this truth, good people, that Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 35, and I quote him, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The Bible is truth. It was truth then, the word of God was truth then, it is truth now, and it will be truth forever and ever. Amen. It is the lie that we say the Bible needs to change. If I could rephrase what I'm saying in a, a much more a contextual way today, it would pass this way. We need to remain geared to the times, but anchored to the truth. Geared to the times, but anchored to the truth of God's word or the rock. Lastly, as I exit, and when a pastor says they're about to finish, there are three points in that last one, okay? The prosperity gospel. You see, the pro prosperity gospel is predicated on the gospel working for you, for your financial well-being, for your physical well-being, for your mental well-being. It is the lie that the people in the church have chosen to believe, guys, that Jesus died and was resurrected from the dead to make us healthy, wealthy, and wise. That is a lie. It is not uncommon to hear people in the church equate wealth to God's favor and to blessing. Hey, that person has been blessed. Man. You've been blessed. You walk, drive in with a new car. Hey, God has blessed you. Kwani, me, I can't afford a car. God hasn't blessed me. You understand? But that's how we look at it. One way you see this expressed is in how men and women of God read pastor, prophet, apostle, bishop, reverend are treated. In many of our Christian circles, it is not uncommon to find people say that if you tithe to the pastor, you'll get his or her blessing. You'll get his or her anointing. That is a lie from the pits of hell. People buy a You see, the Christian now can use this as a way of manipulating God or trying to attempt to manipulate God to bless them with more money and more wealth so I can tap into the pastor's anointing glory to God so that I too can be blessed hallelujah this is how you guys are thinking you think that when I pray for you you will get healed because you have called pastor Gowi to come to you to pray you'll get healed 
to pray for your business, then your business will prosper. To come and dedicate your house, then your house will be blessed. You want to tap on Pastor Goy's anointing. That is a lie, guys. I'm just human like you and I. It's a lie. We are the priesthood of believers. Anyone here can pray for anything. We are a royal priesthood, Peter says in 1 Peter 2.9. A chosen people, a people belonging to God that will declare his praises. Because he has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. <laughs> Let me give you another piece of scripture that you guys come and think about when it comes to giving. Huh? Luke 6.38. Give and it will come back to you. Hey, yeah, good measure. Press down. Shake. Uh -huh. I think I'm trying. I see. I I like Michael Jackson. Yes. Whereas Luke was quoting Jesus with reference to giving, to forgiving and forgiveness, we are using this to talk about money. Luke was, and he was actually talking, Jesus was talking about forgiving and forgiveness, but we have moved this to, to talking about money. And we say it right here in the church, up, up, on pulpits here, it's been said. I want to suggest to you that that is prosperity gospel. We are abandoning the truth, guys. The prosperity gospel is also expressed in another form where relics, symbols like handkerchiefs are brought from, from the bishop or anointing oil from Jerusalem will heal you from your disease. Going to a certain place to pray. Lazima tuende katoloni tuombe. Lazima, if we don't go to Catalonia in Machaco, we, the prayers are not going to be heard. If we don't go, um, uh, Pastor Kibet, where are you? What is that place in Gilgil, the new place? The prayer center? Heaven's Gate. If we don't go there for a retreat, our prayers are not going to be... Oh, by the way, go, go. If you want to go for a retreat, go. Go and be blessed. But that is how we are thinking. We have to go somewhere so that we can tap the anointing. If, if there is a disease, if there's a sickness, we, we want something. Guys, the Bible simply says in James 5.14, is anyone on the contrary, Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night and be careful to do everything that is written in it. Wait, 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 here's the promise. Then your ways will be prosperous and successful. The problem with this book, we say, is it doesn't talk to us today. I suggest to you it is imperative that we are aware that we are in the last days and different teachings are seeping in and are coming right into the church. Guys, I am no different from you. In fact, I'm okay if you just call me Gowi. I don't need the titles, guys. I am no different. The only difference for me and you is that I was called to this role, to this position. The truth here is, guys, we are all in this journey of faith. We are all going the same place. Our destiny is the grave. And then judgment before God. I am no different from you. I respect the honor given to where the position is. But that's, that's it. But we can't go on this way. We can't, we can't go on. We can't, we can't. Guys, I am sick and tired. 
of somebody wanting to carry my Bible and saying, let me hold the man of God's Bible. Let me, let me, I, I can't. See where make, guys. And if you want to see me in a suit, you will not see, I'm sorry, guys, you will not see me in a suit. I'm sorry. If that is what you want for a church pastor, I'm not going to be that way, guys. And if that is, is too bad that you don't, but there are thousands of churches around if I don't fit the bill. But I can tell you one thing you're going to hear from this pulpit is the truth of our Lord and Jesus Christ here. That is what you're going to hear of from this pulpit. It's not the, the, the antiques, not the, the, it is just the truth. And that is what I pray that I'll be true to, guys. So please, please, don't bring me offering. Don't bring me offering. I have a salary that you guys pay me. So don't come and give me at Pastor Chikwa 2,000 shillings. I have no. And I'll tell you today, today, right now, even over there, if you give me 2K, I will take it and say thank you, and I'll go and tell Pastor Kibet Chikwa apa, nimepatiwa 2K. Because I'm just like you. I need to learn contentment with the salary that you guys give me. Just like you have learned to be content with the salary, those you work for the Kenya government, that the Kenya government give you. For the business you work for, that one. We are the same. But the prosperity gospel says it different. I call you NCLA to be students of the word of God. To stay true to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do not repudiate your faith and become apostate. Do not become kigeugeu. Don't give me that excuse to join Jaguar to say about you here at NCLA. Our watu ni Stick to that old time religion that is tried and tested for over 2,000 years. This truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Lord of Lords. Stand firm on this truth that sanctifies you. This is the truth. Even when Jesus was praying at the Garden of Gethsemane in, in, in John chapter 17 verse 17. Sanctify them with your truth, O Lord. Because your word is truth. Edward Mote was a minister of the gospel in the harsh slums of industrializing London in the late 1700s and early 1800s. He became a preacher in his late 40s and was liked by his congregation. They decided to give him a gift. You know what the gift was? The church building and the title deed. Chukwa Niako. He flat out rejected this and said, I do not want, and I'm quoting, I do not want the chapel. I only want the pulpit. And when I cease to preach Christ, then turn me out of that. In other words, use the pulpit to be my coffin. That's it. Where are those followers of Jesus Christ? In fact, let me, let me ask this differently. Where are the disciples of Jesus Christ who stand for truth and justice in the midst of persecution and apostasy? When people are becoming vigeugeu, are you going to stand up for the truth? Paul asks of the Roman church, 
In Romans 8, 19, creation awaits the eager expectation of the children of God to be, rele- to be revealed. So stand up. Wacheni ugeogeo, NCLA. Wacheni ugeogeo. It's time you stood up for the truth. It's time to stand up, to stand up, stand firm, and represent the church of Jesus the Christ with a testimony that the writer of this hymn says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, Oh, may I then in him be found. Dressed in his righteousness, alone, faultless, to stand before the throne. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let us pray. Forgive us, Father, where we have abandoned the truth for a lie. Forgive us, Father, where we have taken the easy way out, the place of least resistance. Forgive us, Father, where we have done things, Father God, that has truly repudiated what we have known for your truth in the past. Forgive us to reducing you to just health, wealth, and prosperity. For the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That even if, that even if Father God, (laughs) we don't enjoy the comforts of this world and of this life, you still remain Lord. That even if Father God, we are persecuted for our stand and our faith with you, you still remain God. That even if we miss out on the promotions and the goodies that come with it, Father God, you remain God. That even if our body is afflicted by disease, may you give us the grace to endure to the end. You still remain God. Hallelujah to this truth. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. My hope is built. On nothing less than on Jesus' blessedness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. Holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. While other ground is sinking sand.
sand. All other ground is sing. Let's stand up and sing that one more, that chorus one more time. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Indeed, Father God, we join with the heavenly hosts who call you holy, holy, you Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will and your word, all were created and have their being. Today, Father God, we want to acknowledge the truth of your word and stand on the promises of your word. Hallelujah. I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you would continue to assure us of your truth and that, Lord, you'd continue to reveal yourself faithfully through your word. I pray that, Father God, among us, Father God, you would make us and continue to make us students of your word, giving us nuggets of truth of wisdom from your word that apply to our present situation and the life to come that allows us to give us perspective of our history who we are today may your truth of your word speak to us today in Jesus name Amen